0: Hey everybody and welcome. This is the final session in our series that I've called The Resurrection Then What. We have taken a look at what happened after Jesus rose from the dead and how he began his church, how he empowered his disciples and his apostles, and how he charged Peter with beginning the church. And we have now in the last couple of weeks talked about sending the Holy Spirit uh, who is the one who fills our lives with power and energy and wonderful direction in life. And so today we are focusing on session five, the spiritual gifts we're given and the fruit of the Spirit. Let's look at a couple of words and what they mean in Greek. I want us to look at Uh, the word Spirit and Holy Spirit, and the word power. Well, the Greek word for Holy Spirit is pneuma. And so that is the breath of God living in us. It's life-giving power working inside of us. I love what the Blue Letter Bible says about the Holy Spirit. The power by which the human being feels, thinks, and decides Oh, I love to sit on that definition. The Holy Spirit gives us this power to feel and think and decide according to the will of God. Oh, why are we tapping into the power of the Holy Spirit more often? Well, then that word power, the power that the Holy Spirit gives us in Greek is the word dunamis. Well, the Blue Letter Bible defines it as strength. And it puts two words together, strength, power, strength, power, and this ability and the power that resides inside of us. So the Holy Spirit breathes on us this power, this ability that lives in us to show us how to feel, think, and decide. And then it's up to us to act on that. Well, let's refer back to Acts 1-8. Just before Christ ascends to heaven, he gives his disciples their final marching orders. And I want us to look at the words that we just went over and how they're used in this verse. But you shall receive power, dunamis, when the Holy Spirit, pneuma, has come upon you. See, Jesus links the Holy Spirit with power that's what we get with the holy spirit. Look at Luke 24:49. Jesus said these words, and now I will send the holy spirit just as my father promised. But stay here in the city until the holy spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. And so he is connecting the the holy spirit with power, and that's what we have. That's who resides within us to help us in everything that comes to us during any day. Well, similarly, Paul tells Timothy that when the a Holy Spirit and that the Holy Spirit and power are combined, he says this in Second Timothy one verse seven. Christians have not been given a spirit of fear but of power. This is so encouraging to us as followers of Christ that he gives us this special ability to do the things that he asks us to do. Well, these verses show us that the Holy Spirit, through power, helps us to know how to feel and think and decide and to choose God's way above all other ways. And so we might ask, How is this working? Well, I want us to refer to another verse, and it's in Ephesians 3, 20. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. So you see that verse tells us that he can do more than we could ever think or imagine if we just turn over uh, all of our feeling and thinking and choosing to Him. <clears throat> we have this power to, turned loose in us. It's, it's what the old hymn said, it's wonder-working power. Power to do God's will and His work. Well, there's more. Uh, I call this Use It or Lose It. The Lord has given to each one of us who are followers of Him, who give our lives and hearts to Him, at least one gift, and probably many more than that, to do the work he needs us to do in order to grow his kingdom. So the most important thing in life after we accept Christ is to find what gifts we have. And secondly, to recognize that they are for God. And then thirdly, to be faithful and dependable in using them. Anything that is not used does not develop. A pianist once said, you know, I must practice every day. If I don't practice one day, I know the difference. If I don't practice two days, those who hear me know the difference. Yes, we need to use our gifts Well, um, I I want us to think about uh, our gifts and how we know they are from God. The Bible is full of scripture passages concerning spiritual gifts. And um, I have a handout that has all of these scripture passages listed, and I have all of the spiritual gifts listed. And if you have not received that, then please let me know. Send me a message, a comment here below, uh, and I will send that to you. Those who have that, refer to that now, and you will see a whole list of spiritual gifts in 1 Corinthians 12, verses eight through 10. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 28 has more listed. R- Romans 12, verses six through eight has even more listed. Ephesians 4, 11, uh, two more are listed. 1 Peter 4, nine and 10. And uh, the, the, there are all throughout scripture passages that list these gifts, and uh, they are, that's how we know that this is spiritual, because these scripture passages tell us that these are gifts from God. Now, I want to just look at this list of gifts and just call those out and refer to them just uh, briefly so that we can see what our, our gift list looks like. So first of all, administration. This is a gift that helps to steer the body of Christ toward what God has wants us to do, toward God-given goals. So if you have this gift, you are good at planning and organizing and supervising others. And then another gift is called the gift of uh, uh, apostleship or leadership. This is a special ability. God gives to exercise leadership within the church over spiritual manners. And then celibacy is also a gift. Uh, Some may not have considered that. So it's it's voluntary celibacy. It's this special ability God gives for some uh, to remain single without regret and with the ability to maintain control over sexual impulses in order to serve God fully without distraction. You may have the gift of craftsmanship or artist. And this is the gift that gives the believer the skill to create artistic expressions that produce a spiritual response of strength and inspiration. Do you see how our gifts are used in the context of the church? That's what we keep in mind. Well, the next gift is discernment. Uh, so, this is a special ability God gives to some to know with assurance whether certain behavior or teaching is from God or is it from Satan or human error or human power. It's this divine ability to distinguish between what is true and what is not. You may have the gift of encouragement. That's this ability that God gives some to offer comfort are words of encouragement and hope and reassurance to discourage or troubled Christians so that they feel consoled. Another gift is evangelism. Evangelism um, is the gift that God gives some to proclaim the gospel of salvation so effectively that people will respond to the promises of God. Uh, you may have the gift of exhortation. Well, that is a speaking gift. It's the ability to help strengthen weak and, and faltering Christians in such a way that they're motivated to be all that God wants them to be. Maybe your gift is faith. This is a special conviction that God gives to some to be firmly persuaded of God's power and promises to accomplish his purpose in the world. And so nothing shakes the conviction of those who have the gift of faith. Well, that's different from the faith we have in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. This is something that uh, that those who have the gift of faith know with confidence that God is in control of the world. You may have the gift of giving. That enables a believer to recognize God's blessings and to respond to those blessings generously, sacrificially, and cheerfully. And that means giving of your time and your talent and your treasure without thought or, or without wanting anything in return. It could be that you have the gift of healing. Uh, This special ability gives to some to serve as a human instrument through whom it pleases God to cure illnesses and restore health. And that would be physically, emotionally, mentally, or spiritually, apart from the use of the natural means. So this divine enablement to be God's, means for restoring people to wholeness. That's what what it is. So this would be a way that you demonstrate the power of God, not through an individual's own abilities, but you can help bring restoration to the sick and you can authenticate the message from God through healing. See, it's a wonderful way to demonstrate the glory of God if you have this gift Many have the gift of helps or serving. This gift enables the believer to do this work gladly behind the scenes so that God's work is fulfilled. It it gives some, this gives people the ability to serve the church in a supporting role and to use talents that other members of the body just don't have. Well, you may also have the gift of hospitality. This is the gift to provide an open home and a warm, welcome environment to those in need of food and lodging and fellowship. It's this ability to invite strangers in, and and it's not just in your home, but in the church context. You would be the one who would make others feel comfortable coming into your group or coming into your church. You may have the gift of intercession or prayer. This is the ability that some have to pray for extended periods of time on a regular basis and see frequent and specific answers to your prayers to a degree much greater than that that is expressed by the average Christian. This is a divine enablement to consistently pray for others. Your gift may be of knowledge. That This is the way the Spirit enables certain Christians to understand in an exceptional way the great truths of God's Word and to make them relevant to specific situations. It's also this desire to seek out and learn as much about the Bible as possible by continuing to gather information and then to analyze that and think through or Biblical Insight. Leadership is another gift. This is the special ability God gives to some, to set goals in accordance with God's purpose. And then to be able to communicate those goals that that work together to accomplish the larger goal that Christ has. And it gives total glory to God. This person can cast a vision, can motivate, and can direct people to work in harmony with each other. Maybe you have the gift of mercy or compassion. This is a gift that enables certain Christians to feel exceptional empathy and compassion for those who are suffering, whether it's physical, mental, or emotional. And so you feel genuine sympathy for people, and you can speak words of compassion. And you can also show a care for those through acts of love that help alleviate their distress. So it's, it's the words and it's action. This is a serving gift. You may have the gift of miracles, the special ability God gives to some to serve as, get this, a human intermediary through whom he pleases to perform acts of supernatural power that are recognized by others to to alter the ordinary course of nature. So people with this gift speak God's truth. They express confidence in God's faithfulness. They bring the ministry and message of Jesus Christ. And they claim God to be the source of the miracles. So God works through people, individuals who have this gift and then you may have the gift of, of missionary. It's a leadership gift. So it, it's this gift, uh, this ability to do whatever, use whatever spiritual gifts they have in another culture. And those with this gift find it easy and exciting to go to a different culture or a different community, they work with real joy with those who are different from them and they fulfill the great commission in other settings. You may have this spiritual gift of music. This is the capability to present personal inspiration to others through instrumental music, through singing, or through dancing, that God's Spirit enables certain people to praise God in music in such a way that it enhances the worship experience of others. Maybe your gift is pastoring or shepherding. And this gives to some the long-term personal responsibility for the leadership, and spiritual care the protection and guidance and teaching of a group of believers it's nurturing and it's caring for and guiding others such an important uh, gift for those who who are leaders in our church some may have the gift of voluntary poverty and that's uh, for some who have this, this ability to live impoverished lifestyle, to serve and aid others with their material resources. Mother Teresa chose this path. And so it is where one would renounce material comfort in order to give society of their means. And then you may have the gift of, of prophecy some have this ability to proclaim the Word of God with clarity and to apply it fearlessly with this way to encourage and comfort people. It's the ability that God gives to apply God's revelation to them. In a certain given uh, situation. So they uh, would reveal truth. They would proclaim the truth of God through uh, this in a relevant way, in a timely way. After much prayer and consideration, God reveals truth to them and they speak the truth to others. You may have the gift of teaching. This is a special a gift that helps you to explain the truths of the Word of God clearly and to apply them effectively so that those taught understand and learn. To, to instruct others in the Bible in a way that is logical and a systematic way to communicate pertinent information so that others will have understanding of the gospel, and they will grow. This is this divine ability to clearly explain and help others to apply the word of God. You may have the gift of interpreting uh, tongues. This is the ability to translate the message of one who speaks in tongues. If a tongue is spoken without an interpretation, the speaker is edified. If the tongue is interpreted, It is for the edification of the body. Uh, So it's edified for others. So people with this gift express with an interpretation a word uh, through the spirit, which edifies the body of Christ. Or you may have the gift of speaking in tongues. This is a gift that some have so that they can speak prayer or praise in a language that they have never learned or to communicate a message from God to his people. Well, the special ability God gives to some to speak in a language they haven't learned is is very unique. And so when this is uh, from God, then, uh, then you feel edified with it. But the important thing here is that others will feel, feel edified, If it can be interpreted, that means somebody else is able to hear and interpret that. Well, uh, the next gift is wisdom. It allows the believer to sort through all of these things, opinions, facts, thoughts, in order to determine what solution would be best for the individual believer or a community of believers. So this ability to apply knowledge to life in such a way as to make spiritual truth relevant and practical is such an important aspect for us. We want to seek out people who have the gift of wisdom. And then another gift is, this. our final one, is writing. The gift that gives a believer the ability to express truth in a written form. See all of these gifts have to do with expressing God's truth, God's wisdom, God's word. This is a form that can be used to instruct and strengthen the community of believers. So though that is our list of 28 spiritual gifts, And each one comes with special abilities and also cautions about how to use those. You know, there is not any one gift that is better than another. There is not a hierarchy of gifts. They are all individually unique, and they are for us to use to edify God and edify others. We're to use all of these for the furtherance of the kingdom. So you might say, okay, I know my spiritual gift, now what? Well, after we know what our gift is, we want to consider our passion. Our passion is something that draws us to make a difference in the kingdom of God. It's an area of service that we're drawn to with real heartfelt desire. And so we want to find what our passion is so we can be directed to the area where we're going to serve God with this gift because the gift is to be used in a spiritual context. It could be used for personal Uh, use also, for example, my gifts are in leadership and teaching. Well, I was a high school teacher for 25 years, and I used my ability as a teacher in that context. My spiritual gift of teaching is used in a spiritual context for the purpose of in reading the word of god and helping to others to understand that but to find what you're passionate you ask these questions what events or actions or behaviors annoy you or make you angry and then you ask if there were a change then would god be glorified and so you begin to use those things that where you have passion about some action in the world and you want to make a difference and that will draw you into where you might want to serve using your gift. You consider what issues you really care about, and then you decide what age group you might want to uh, use your gift in and what gender. You, maybe you just want to work with women, and, and if you're a man, maybe you just want to work with men, or, or maybe it doesn't matter. But that, those are helpful in deciding who you're going to serve and where you're going to serve. Well, to use your spiritual gifts, discover what you're passionate about, consider any extra skills you have, determine how much time you have to invest, and find the ministry area in the church so that you can plug in. Well, the Holy Spirit has given us gifts to be used in service, but there is another responsibility from the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 5.18 tells us to be filled with the Spirit. So filled also means controlled. God has given us these beautiful gifts, these beautiful characteristics in the spirit, and he asks us to live our lives with them on full display. Galatians 5:22 through 23, gives us this list of the fruit that is supposed to be on full display in our lives. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. And then here's the list. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Well, living a life of fruitfulness in every season means we exhibit this clear set of characteristics we, we call living in the strengths of the Spirit. We, that's what we call it when we have our fruit on full display. And the more we sow the fruits of the Spirit in the world, the more we're going to reap the fruits of the Spirit in the world. So I have provided a chart for you to see. I have a list of the fruit of the Spirit and then you'll see on the chart the strengths that show if you're living in full display of the strength of this spirit here's what it would how it would look and then i give you a list of how the weaknesses work so if you are living in the strengths of love you have compassion for others or the weaknesses you're insensitive and maybe displaying a hatred for others the fruit of joy You have a song in your heart. You have delight. The opposite is you live in bitterness. You might have peace and it's inner contentment. Or if you don't have peace, then you have turmoil. You're stirring up. There's worry and there's anxiety and there's fear. Patience That means you have some endurance and perseverance in your life as a strength. Well, maybe you don't, and your weakness would be giving up or living a life of impatience. If you have kindness on full display, you are thoughtful to others without seeking reward. Don't we need a world of kindness right now? Because what we're seeing is the opposite, very often mean-spirited people, those looking for personal gain. The fruit of goodness means that we are living the right way. Righteousness means right living, and we're living a life of of integrity. And the opposite of that is wrong living, a life of sin. Well, faithfulness is the next we're to have on display. That's a commitment to God and to spouse and to duty. We're faithful to all of those. And the opposite, of course, is not being faithful to the things God has put us in charge of. The next gift is gentleness that 's a softness of toward others, considering others, but often we see harshness and a brash attitude and a biting tongue, and that would be the weakness of that fruit. And the final one is living a life of self-control. Well, in our strengths, that means that we have this inner ability given to us by the Holy Spirit to control our emotional, our mental, and our physical weaknesses. And the opposite of that is we do not have control, so we lash out at others. We have an angry attitude. We lose control of what the Holy Spirit has put us in charge of. So I ask you to think about areas where you easily display strengths of the spirit and then do some self-reflection to see what areas appear to need some spiritual adjustments in your life. Well, I ask this question, how do we do those things in the midst of a troubled period of our life? And how can we bear good fruit when our life seems out of control or we're surrounded by those fruitless people? Well, here's how. Good fruit comes when we yield our lives to the control of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit wants to guide us. Jesus promised the truth of the Spirit will guide us into all truth. The Holy Spirit wants to give us this direction and wisdom and guidance in every area of our life. So how does the Holy Spirit work within us once we invite Him in? I'm going to give you the list of ways that we can feel the Holy Spirit working within us. The first is through God's Word. He speaks to us through His Word as we call on the Holy Spirit to reveal His message to us. He speaks through a still, small voice. See, the Holy Spirit works within us to help us discern discern right from wrong and to prick our conscience and to enlighten us about a decision and then to give us strength in a crisis. Well, he also speaks through others. God uses faithful men and women to guide us in our walk. Spiritual mentors can help us see a path where we just see the roadblocks. And then he speaks through our prayer life. Scripture says that the Holy Spirit will help us when we are weak and will intercede for us according to God's will. And Romans 8 verses 26 and 27 tell us this, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. See, the Holy Spirit gives us strength, wisdom, and power to win our spiritual battles and to live fruitfully when we turn over our lives and our hearts to the guidance, the direction of the Holy Spirit. Having the power of the Holy Spirit within us is such a gift. Here are some final closing thoughts about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit guides us in our thoughts, emotions, words, and actions. That's all of our being if we just ask the Holy Spirit to lead us. The Holy Spirit works within us to help us discern right from wrong and to prick our conscience and to enlighten us about a decision, to give us strength in a crisis. The Holy Spirit instructs us us through Scripture and worship. Do you know how that looks? He impresses on us the meaning of Scripture and, and helps us to give application. The Holy Spirit empowers us to do the work He's called us to do and the Holy Spirit strengthens us to face everything the day may bring. For our closing prayer, I want us to focus on what we have through the power of the Holy Spirit, and it's found in Romans 15, verse 3. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him, so that you may overflow with the hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's my prayer for all of us, that we will rely on His power so that we can be filled with that joy and peace He so wants for us. God bless you all.